0: Welcome to February, the month of love. Dan Seaborn here welcoming you to this edition of the Home Run Club. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to what we share each month right here. I want to tell you again, many of you stop me and say, Hey man, I listened to that. It really encouraged me. It's why we do it. You are our faithful partners. You help us carry this message forth. And this is our thank you for all that you do for us. We trust and pray you are encouraged. And in this month of love, you need to know we have a premarital event going on. You can check that out at our website, winningathome.com. If you know someone who's moving into a marriage relationship and they need some good premarital counseling, we have the perfect event for you. It's called our Winning at Home Premarital Event, and we are excited to offer it. We're looking forward to seeing many couples there, some who have just gotten engaged, some who have been engaged for a long time, and some who are already into a marriage relationship. We just love the opportunity of investing through our counselors and our different methods of reaching them that particular day. We love investing in the lives of those who are getting married. So if you know someone in that particular spot, make sure you check out the information at our website, again, winningathome.com. What I want to do is take you with me to Olivet Nazarene. University. Let me take a moment and say a couple of our board members, Quinn and Denise Dickey, have invested a long time in this school. It's a school located in Bourbonnais, Illinois, a wonderful school there. I had the opportunity to go and speak in chapel for two days just a few months ago, and we recorded those times, and I want to share them with you. I was speaking to the student body, about 3,000 students in their beautiful chapel. And I was into this message. I want you to know, you will hear me breathing heavy. I am into this message. I'm pouring my heart into these kids. You need to know, uh, I stayed a couple of days on the campus, and so I would go eat lunch with the kids and just hang out with them, invest in their lives. When I say kids, I mean college students, because they're kids to me now. They're the same age as my children. And I just hung out with students all across the campus. I went into the fitness center, played basketball, as I say, ate lunch, dinner there. And during that time, I just had the opportunity to see what's going on in the heart and the soul of so many who are part of the university. They are so thankful for Olivet and what they're doing, uh, raising up a generation of students who are seeking to love and honor God. And in this particular two-part series that you'll be listening to February and March for these two months, I'm going to be sharing this little message called Healthy Versus Unhealthy Relationships. And what I challenged the students to do was take a look at their life and see the relationships they are in or will be going into. Are they healthy? Are they honoring of God? I'm using Ephesians 5 as the passage. And when I get to the place where I talk about the pitchers of water, I had a blue pitcher of water and a yellow pitcher of water, and I poured it together to make a green pitcher of water, so you'll have that little illustration in your mind. But I was really into this, and I really tried to pour my heart in the students. And so as you listen, I hope and pray God will use it to encourage you wherever you are in your relationship. And I also believe uh, that this is the type of thing we need to continue to teach so that those who are coming behind us know and see an example of what marriage is supposed to look like. So check this out. Here we are going live to Olivet Nazarene as I was sharing in a chapel early in the morning. Thank you for allowing me to come. Uh, I have no agenda other than to draw you closer to Christ and help you be healthy. I was just praying as I was sitting there and worshiping with you, standing, that somehow the words I share today would penetrate your heart, and you would go, "Wow, I think Christ really used that to speak to my life." Um, I have four kids, and they're uh, similar to your age. My youngest is twenty-three now, and Two of them made really good choices with their relationships, and they did great, and two of them did not. And I was just sitting there thinking about the pain of some of that that they've gone through. Forget about me as their dad, the pain they've gone through. And I have a prayer, a dream that that you would have healthy relationships. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Because just when I, when I say the word relationships, probably you are thinking back to what you had. My mom and dad, they fought all the time. And I remember as a kid, and then when I got to college, because it was a junior in college where I met my wife Jane, and, and I just remember thinking, I don't want what they have and who they are. I don't want that. And probably many of you feel that same thing. So what I'm going to do today is share with you just a little foundational thought of what I believe a good relationship should be. And I'm going to base that on God's Word. And then tomorrow, I'm going to do this like thing where I talk about healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships. And you get to decide which one you're in. And if you're not in one right now, you get to pre-decide which one am I going to go into. So I was sitting in my office preparing what I wanted to say with you, and I just started thinking about the fact, what if I was, like I could become the word relationship. If I was relationship, how would I feel about myself? What would my self-esteem be like? And I was sitting there thinking, I feel beat up, man. It's like nobody gets me. Everybody has their idea of what I'm supposed to be, but I have something I am supposed to be and it puts them in a healthy spot and I want to start with that because God's word shows us where according to statistics over 90% of you are heading over 90% of you will get married then it says about 33% statistically you will get divorced and I don't want that second stat to be part of your life And I want to show you what God's Word says in Ephesians chapter 5 about marriage. It literally says these words, and you probably have heard it before. For this reason, a man will leave his mom and dad and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And then it says, this is a profound mystery. Just right there. Stop right there. A mystery is something that's really hard to figure out. And then it says, I'm talking about Christ and the church, meaning all you guys in here, you're supposed to be like Christ. All you ladies in here, you're compared to the church all throughout scripture. So the beautiful thing is when that relationship is figured out right, when a guy acts like Jesus and a lady acts like the church, it's a sweet relationship. I didn't have that growing up. And I was sitting in my office going, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to communicate that because I, I can do my hands like this and I can say, that's oneness, that's what it's supposed to look A good relationship looks like this. And you go, what? And so um, I asked the Lord to give me a little way to, to show it. And, and this, this is what came to my mind, so I'm just going to show it to you. So Jane and I uh, met each other. I was a junior in college, she was a senior. And uh, I, I'm going to be the blue water. So for 21 years of my life, I had walked around. I grew up in a little town called Six Miles, South Carolina. I know y'all can hear my accent. And I lived a blue life. I did my own blue thing. I went to my own blue school. It was actually Daniel High School. Our color was blue. And so it was my life. I lived my own life, did my own thing, etc. cetera. The whole time I'm doing that for 22 years, she's walking around being yellow girl she's living life her way, doing her things, doing all the things that are part of her life. She grew up in Rockingham, North Carolina, and so she's living life her way, and the two of us, according to God's word, this is really mysterious. My brother did our wedding, and so it's been 35 years, hard to believe, like 13,000 days I've been married. That's a long time. And and according to God's word, look, according to God's word, on my wedding day, Dan and Jane stood in front of my brother, and he said, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And according to God's word, all of a sudden, blue boy and yellow girl became green, became green. Now, watch this. I don't understand this. There's probably some chemists here who can come up and tell me, well, the reason, the molecular, you got it. I get it. I get it. I don't know why, but I just poured blue and yellow together, and it became green, and this It's what good relationships, marriage in particular, is supposed to look like. All of a sudden, you're no longer two, you are one. Kermit the Frog said it first, so I have to give him credit. It's not easy being green, trust me. It's not easy being green. And here's why, here's why, and this is why I think most of you can relate to what I'm saying about my parents today. Because most of you grew up in a house where your parents, when they went to church, they'd kind of hold themselves this way, so they looked green. But they weren't really green. (laughs) <laughs> they, they fought all the time dad would hurt mom with his words he would splash his blue water on her or she would splash her yellow water on him and I grew up in a house with this right here and the whole time I was wanting that I was like mom and dad can't you guys just get along man now, now I gotta tell you where we're gonna go tomorrow is I'm gonna say to you the relationships you're in right now do you do more of this kind of stuff or are you just constantly battering each other Here's what I want. Here's my point. It's not healthy. You don't study as well when you're struggling in your relationship. You don't do as good in your classes because unhealthiness breeds unhealthiness. And this right here. It's what we're after. Why is this so hard? What is it about this green? See, I can't take this, watch. I can't take this now and go, I don't want to be green anymore. I want to go back to blue and yellow. Get me out of this. Marriage doesn't work that way. Once you've become green, you're mm-hmm. green. And that's why we call it in our society a blended family because if you go into another marriage, they already have their color and the two of you pour yourselves together and some of you grew up in this house and I I talk about this all the time all across the country. This isn't easy and people with blended families come up to me and go, oh my goodness, I get it now. I wanted to go back and start over. I don't get to, do I? I said, no, you don't. Because there are kids involved. There's relationship stuff that's happened involved and all of a sudden you are a blended family and some of you grew up in this house and you saw the struggles that can come from it. Why is this so hard? I'll, I'll just take this right here because of what you're seeing demonstrated this morning. This is why it's so hard. It's not easy to pour yourself all the way out. See, I poured myself out enough that I give a good impression. Jane and I carry this picture to church. We go to church with this one. And we go out in public. Well, yeah, we're, we're doing really good. But back home, I'm just I'm making an illustration. Back home, sometimes we look more this way. And it's because Dan didn't pour himself all the way out because this is hard this is why we come in and sing show me why we sing there's a reason we say the name jesus because he poured himself completely out and this is what guys in the room you're compared to this and this isn't easy and somebody's looking, I don't want to do it. I'll become a doormat. Let me, let me tell you something about Jesus, okay? People say Jesus was killed. He was, Jesus was not killed. Jesus said, I choose to lay down my life. There's a big difference between being killed and laying down. When you choose, when Dan Seaborn, in his relationship with his wife Jane, chooses to go, I'm going to pour myself out, babe, for you. This isn't going to be about me. It's not going to be about what I want. And see, I'm I'm sorry. When I write, drive around society, when I look at the billboards, when I watch life in this world happen around me, it seems like we all walk around going, fill me up, man. Pour my, uh-uh, uh uh-uh, don't think, fill me up. Make me happy. I want to be all the way to here. And I would tell you there's nothing wrong with that, being healthy. But when it's all about you and not about us, Jane and Dan have to be completely empty it's, it's not about me winning or her winning, because I can tell you this. When we disagree, if I win, we both lose. When she wins, we both lose. Because we both have to be empty. Now, again, tomorrow I'm going to get into it, but I know that some of you are in a relationship today where the other one is taken everything from you and you're giving everything to them. Can you look and see how it's not going to work? One of you is going to be hurting a lot. Some of you grew up in this house, and you say to yourself, I don't want that. And I'm trying to show you, yeah, that's why God's word, it just rings true. He says to us, if y'all can figure this out, if you'll pour yourself out, then you'll get something that's unique and beautiful. And I want to tell you, we are people who claim the name of Christ, The world does not have to live by this standard because it's not their standard, but it is us as believers in Christ. This is our standard. Jesus calls us to a new level. Our society needs to see that green works and they need to see it in our example of relationships. And this is hard because this isn't natural for us. I have a little two-year-old granddaughter. She just turned three. Naya, she comes over the house. I don't have to, when she walks in, I don't have to say, Naya, I need you to be selfish today. It starts walking in the door. Papa, give me this. Papa, give me my phone. I'm like, baby, that ain't your phone. That's my phone. Papa, that's my phone. She takes my phone and says it's hers. I don't have to say to her, be selfish, Naya. Think about yourself. She walks in the door, ready. (laughs) And if I can just say to you, Sometimes little three-year-old selfish people turn into 18-year-old selfish people and 22-year-old selfish people and 50-year-old selfish people. And in order to figure green out, you got to spend your life pouring yourself out. Again, we sing the name Jesus because he's about the only one I've ever heard of who really did it right. And then secondly... I think another reason we really struggle with this is because we can't see our own blind spots. Can you flash back for a second to growing up in the house you grew up in? Did you ever have moments where you would sit and watch if you were in a single parent home, if you're in a blended family, if it was a traditional home, whatever it was, can you look back and think, put yourself at the age of seven or eight, did you ever have moments where you watched your parents, looked at them and thought, really, can you not see that about yourself? You would see some behavior and you'd say in your mind, really? But you can't say it out loud because then they'll get on you. But you put it in the back of your mind, I'm not going to grow up and be like that. And I'll tell you today, sitting in this room, we have lots of blind spots. Uh, My daughter, who has struggled in her relationship, has come back home. She went wayward for about five years, toughest five years of my life. But by God's grace, she's back home. She's home with me now. She even wanted to come with me today, but she wasn't feeling well. And we were driving in the car last week after her being gone for five years. Five years. Wayward. Got herself into drugs. Made unhealthy decisions. Ruining her life. Praise by the grace of God. She has been redeemed. And she is back. She is home. I give all the glory to the Lord because I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I give all the glory to the Lord. She's riding with me in the car last Saturday. We're riding in the car. Remember, she's been wayward five years, okay? she comes home. She just lived with us for a short time. And we're riding in the car, just me and her together. We've been to this little event together. We're driving home. She said, Dad, can I talk to you about something? I said, sure, baby. What's up? She said, you know, been gone a long time. I said, yeah, I missed you. But she's back. Her nickname was Bubbles Going Up. She's back to Bubbles. We're having a lot of fun. And... She said, but dad, she's in the passenger seat, but dad, can, can I tell you something today? I said, sure, what is it, baby? She said, now that I'm back home, I've been watching some things, and there are some things, and sometimes when you just don't treat mom the way I think you should, and I'd like to just point that out to you. You, you know, My defense inside wants to go, you've been going for five years, and you come home with that? <laughs> or I can say, what is it, baby? Because I said, I actually said, do you see a blind spot in me? And she said, I do. How do you do when people point ears? yours? If one of your friends says, hey, let me tell you something about the relationship right? You, know, you can't see it, is your first thought, thank you, or get away, man, I like who I'm with. See, because usually that second one will lead you to unhealthiness. And like I say, I have no agenda today. You get to make your decisions. My only agenda today is that you would take a look and go, wow, I really want to be healthy. And that's your call. not my call. It's a professor's call. It's not a friend's call. It's your call. You want to be healthy? That's your call. And I want to show you something. It's humorous. You're going to laugh and you're going to go, I see why he had problems in his family because I got some weird stuff in my extended family, trust me. And so growing up in South Carolina, my mom always loved the picture of the house that's coming up on the screen, she thought this was the mansion, because I lived in a poor area of town. Um, I know it probably doesn't look like that big of a deal, but it was brick, and my mom's like, oh, brick house. And she would drive by this house, and I, as a little kid, I'd ride in the car, and she'd be like, oh. And my great aunt lived there. My name's Geneva, great aunt Geneva. And... When I would go visit, there's a little door that goes in on the side over here. When I would go in the house, now maybe I can remember your great grandma or something doing this or your grandma, but this lady that lived here, my my aunt, she she would put plastic down through the halls where you could walk. So she didn't want anybody stepping on her carpet. So you'd walk, hey, you can walk over here and then you turn over here and then you can go in this area. But if there's no plastic, can't step on it. It's kind of weird. She liked, she was, She was a, neat freak, and it was her blind spot she could not see. And she fell in love with how clean this carpet was made because people had to walk in then She literally, I'm not, I'm not making this up, she literally started covering up the sofa and the lunch table and, and the chairs, and you'd walk in, she'd say, you can sit on anything covered in plastic, but stay off the other stuff. It was like, man, I don't even want to go over here. This is Plasticville, It's just crazy. Well, her husband, his name was Stanley, I knew Stanley well. He finally had it. He said, I'm done. I'm not living this way. So if you look in the picture, don't go yet, Emily, but look in the picture up in the far right corner. You can see a little garage, just a little bitty, small, one-stall garage. Okay, there it is. Now we can zoom in on it. I want you to see where it was. There it is. My uncle Stanley, no lie, telling you the truth, had had it. With her living in the plastic world. And so he bought him a little couch. He bought him a little refrigerator. And he bought himself a little bitty stove. And he moved into the garage. (laughs) Now, yeah, you're clapping for him. I appreciate that. There he is. He's living in the garage. Listen to me. Listen to me. If I'd gone up to him on his wedding day and said, hey, uh, Stanley, and, and, you know, my aunt you guys are going to get married and you're going to have a nice little home, but you're going to move into your garage, Stanley, he would have said, no, I won't. That's, that's silliness. And there he sits. Y'all want to hear something crazier? My aunt liked the idea so much that she moved out of the house and moved in with him in the garage. That's why there's two chairs sitting on the outside of the little garage. They would sit out there in those two little chairs. (laughs) Listen to me. Listen to me. The house over there on the left, you can take it away. The house on the left, listen, stayed empty and they died in their garage. Hey, 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 I got a call to update the story. I got a call like two weeks ago. One of my cousins, they went to the house, bought some of the furniture. And I said, how was it? They said, immaculate, never been touched. Here's what I've come to ask you. What's your potential garage you can't even see? What's the thing in your life right now that could ruin your life because you can't see it? We all got them. And those of us who are healthy, spot them and ask for help with them. And put friends around us who say, don't let me go there. Hey guys, I'm gonna tell you, I got a garage issue. I can tell you what it is right now. I got one. And I got three or four friends that just say, hey, Dan, check you on that area. You doing okay? Yes, I am. Keep asking. Otherwise, I'll screw my life over by getting in my own garage and dying there. I, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I do not want to die in a garage. I want to die in the house that the Lord has allowed me to live in. You guys right now are living in the house that God gave you. Is it healthy? Is it a garage or is it your house? Tomorrow, I'm going to show you the difference, and you're going to get to decide, are my relationships healthy or unhealthy? That's part one of what I shared with the students at Olivet Nazarene. We'll come back next month's edition of Home Run Club. I'll finish with what I shared with them in the next time we were together. And again, uh, I just thank the Lord for the opportunity I had here to pour into the lives of these students. As you can see, it was something that was deep in my heart. I wanted to touch their lives, put a lot into it, pray the Lord used it, and I hope he encouraged you even as you listen to this month's edition of Home Run Club. Thanks for partnering with us. We're thrilled to have you and to have you join us as we make a mark for God's kingdom.